Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. Today's show was pre-recorded on Monday... October 16th, three weeks before Election Day, November 7th, 2017. And my guest today is Kim Drew Wright. She is the founder of Liberal Women of Chesterfield County, LWCC, and author of The Strangeness of Men. Got to talk about that too, I guess. Uh, Good afternoon, Kim Drew Wright. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Well, I tell you what. First of all, start off by uh, telling us about some things about you. Uh, where did you go to school? Where did you grow up? Okay. Um, I have lived in the Rickson area now close to 12 years. But before that, we've moved around to several Midwestern states. And before that, I went to school at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, mm-hmm. where I met my husband. Mm-hmm. And um, I met my husband there, and we've been together since. We have three children who are 17, 14, and 11. Wow. So I've got an elementary school, <laughs> one new freshman in high school, and a junior in high school, and they all go to different schools. Oh, so. wow. Uh-huh. With different events, <laughs> hopefully on different days. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. But it's good. <laughs> and with all of that, you found time to to start an organization with quite a mission, Liberal Women of Chesterfield County. And I should say, I believe the entire name is And Beyond. So you're not limiting right. your activity to Chesterfield County, Virginia. That's great. So I'm going to read your mission statement a second because I enjoyed it so much rather than asking you to tell me what it is, but then we'll talk about it. LWCC strives to be a safe haven for liberal women and their allies to support, educate, and encourage one another to be actively involved in our government and furthermore seeks to advance advocacy issues and campaigns that align with our progressive values of inclusivity and equal rights for all people. 
when I read that the first time, and I've read it several times, I was just so impressed with that. Now, tell us, how is that mission going? Well, it's going great. It is. I, I love our mission statement, but it is a lot to tackle as well. Yes. But we do have a lot of very motivated and energetic people. Um, we are not just women, although we mostly are comprised of women. And we are not all in Chesterfield County, although a large percentage of our membership is Chesterfield County. We have... So we have our main group where everyone is welcome to join and that's on social media so there can be communication and organization. But then we also are split up into about 12 to 13 neighborhood groups. Mm-hmm. And so they are all around Pittsburgh County and also in Richmond. And we have some in Henrico and all the way down to Petersburg as well. Wow. And they can, yeah, and so they can take on projects. We have neighborhood groups working, volunteering and we paid off lunch debt for some high school students, like over $1,000 mm-hmm. worth of lunch debt. We've donated books. We've done a lot of work in our communities, and I'm proud of that. And then we also have advocacy groups. So we have some advocacy groups that work on specific issues, and then they will come more into play as the General Assembly comes about in mm-hmm. January. But, you know, we are a new organization. We just started two days after the 2016 presidential election. Oh, wow. So we, yeah. I had no idea <laughs> it was that recent. I knew it was new, but wow. So how did you yeah, accomplish so much so fast? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yes. How did you accomplish so much so fast? I mean, you seem to have tentacles of a very positive nature as have gone out into the, the actual community in, in that broad sense of the word, but also in social media. How how did that come about so quickly? I think it was just the passion. Um, we had a lot of folks who were very upset with the outcome of the election. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there's a lot of anger and hurt and frustration there. And I think the best way to deal and harness with that emotion is to be active and to be positive mm-hmm. in the community as much as you can. And that said, we are also working with the Democratic candidates this time around. And, and let me say, too, that another huge part of this effort and what has happened here so organically is that a lot of, I don't want to say average, but a lot of just citizens mm-hmm. going about their day you know, we didn't realize how important these local elections were until we saw it at a national level and kind of woke up and said, well, wait a minute, what's happening in my own backyard? Yes, yes. Yeah, so that has kind of taken off as well, the um, political part of it. Well, you know, Tip O'Neill always said, all politics is local. And uh, I, it took me a while because we, you know, you get focused on presidential elections every four years and unfortunately, too many voters, uh, including myself in the past, I've learned better since, uh, kind of take off uh, the years between. But in Virginia, that's particularly a bad idea because we have elections every year, don't we? Yes, and I, I was the same way. So I didn't know, a year ago, I did not know what districts I lived in. I didn't really focus on the local campaigns, but it's every year. 
and this year it's the 100 House seats, the Virginia House seats, mm-hmm. plus, of course, the governor, the lieutenant governor, yes. and the attorney general. Yes. And we also have uh, Commissioner of Revenue running in Chesterfield County as well. So so we're very involved in, in those campaigns now, just helping them with volunteers and actually some of our active members are have jumped in and they are part of their campaign teams and managing their their campaign efforts so we went from a lot of you know great people but not necessarily involved in their political world mm-hmm. to all you know now we have people running campaigns you know and we have citizens that stepped up to run you know yes. so like katie Fosler. You know, this is her first time running for the 66. Larry Barnett in the 27th. Francis Stephen, in the, well, he ran one time before. And then Don Adams in the 68th. And Sheila Bynum Coleman, she ran one time before. But a lot of these folks are new to this, but they're concerned and their hearts are in the right place and they're very smart, intelligent people. Wow. But I tell my male friends, you know, 60 years old, I've just turned 60 and others are older, uh, who are very much involved in politics in the media, I said, you know, I got to tell you, for the most part, I feel, I, I don't like generalizations, but it seems to me we look at where we are, and a lot of where we are started before Trump, of course, and it involved a, a government's at state and uh, federal level dominated by older white men. So... What happens if we start having some women of uh, every hue and background and find out if injecting that into the system is, is better? I just, I just think it can't be worse. But at the same time, I want to stress, I agree with you and what you're doing with the LWCC because it's all about don't use up all your energy fighting what you're against. Apply that passion to what you're for, and that seems to me to be what your organization is about, which includes men, yes, as you said. Yes, and I think that's absolutely right. So I decided, you know, if you don't agree with me politically, you know, that's absolutely fine, Mm -hmm. but I did something switched in me after the election where I decided I am not going to waste my time arguing with you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put my efforts into trying to do some good for my side, for my yes, team. Yes, And that's where my efforts are going to go. And as far as women in politics, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's 2017, and, you know, we've never had a, a female governor. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had any women as Virginia um, senators to the to U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only had a handful of Congress women and um you know the house i think the whole virginia legislature is maybe 17 percent female mm-hmm. and that would be great if we were 17 percent of the population yes. but, you know we're half the population exactly. so i just feel like it, that has to change but this year the democrat candidates i think over half the candidates running are female so yes. something did happen with this past election to get women um especially i think women motivated to fight the injustice. I I agree, and I see it all the time. And I want you to know, at least my liberal male friends, it's all we talk about at lunch. 
It's yep. it's women are getting involved. This is changing things that need to be changed. This is the face of the present and the future. Let's let's be supportive. Let's do whatever we can. And so it's being noticed. Now I can't speak for the other side, but I imagine they're noticing it too. I imagine there's some um, midnight oil uh, for the less arrogant, wondering what's ahead for them if they continue. And of course, it's not just politics. Let's, you know, our system, our our society, our, our way of thinking, our upbringing, for Pete's sake, it hasn't been that long ago in my lifetime. I remember my mother, while she worked most of her life, there was always a little uh, uh, issue in the house about the fact that she wanted to work. Now, how, you know, so it's not, we're not talking about ancient history. That's that, uh, right. and as you say, it's in 2017. What are we going to do about it? So let's talk about some of the things your organization is doing about it. You, we've kind of talked about the timeline, this tempo of the development, and and you think that's due to the enthusiasm of the people getting involved, but and, and in reaction to the uh, elections of 2016. But but what else? I think it's even more. Something else is driving this. Have we hit a nerve? What's going on? going back to the presidential election, but I think we saw, or at least I think some of us saw, you know, an educated, qualified woman, Mm. um, and then you saw a male who, I'm sorry, I I felt like he, there were some things he said, like, the the one today that always, like, popped in my head is when he said, he started the day saying, are you happy? I want you to make sure you're happy. And it was so, it was just like a down, misogynistic, like, just, I don't know, put down in such a casual, you know, mm-hmm. phrasing that, you know, I don't think you would have said that to, if, if she had been a man, you yes. know, are you happy? So, I, I think we've just gone in justice. I mean, my, I mean, his famous line from the um, bus tour, <laughs> Oh now, yes, yes. You know, grab them by the yes. I mean, that's pretty blatant to me, mm-hmm. right? So, so you have that, and that's like a slap in the face. And I think if if it hadn't been so blatant, mm-hmm. it would be different, you know. And, and it'd be just like it has been for decades, where a lot of people just go along, and myself included, and you think, well, everything's kind of headed in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, and and I don't have to worry about it because that's somebody else's job. And I'm a stay-at-home mom for many years, and, uh, you know, so you don't have to be ultra. Everything's not going to change overnight. It's not. Mm-hmm. Men and women are always going to be different, and I hope that that's true. Yes. There are, there's beauty in our differences. Yes. But everybody should have the same opportunity you know, do you know? You shouldn't have to stay home and not be able to have a career mm-hmm. if you want to go have a career. And you ought to be able to be paid the same amount of money if you're doing the same work with the same experience, yes. same education level. Yes, and that's not the case either. And the ERA is another um, thing that I really am. Um, Hoping we can focus on and pressure um, our Virginia legislature this, in 2018 as General Assembly to look at ratifying that because there, there's been ladies that have been tr- 
trying to do that for decades. Yes. And so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what this election does as well. And those who, who do not support the ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment in the Richmond's General Assembly, sometimes it was the state senate and then it was the state house or assembly and back and forth and now that um, one of the issues for era in the virginia general assembly is that it can't get out of committee right yes so tell tell us a bit about that well there are other ladies that are much more qualified to talk about it but i was there um last general assembly when it it died in committee Supposedly, there's one man in the house that won't let it get out for a vote. Yes. You know, so that's what happens a lot of times. They do die in committee, and sometimes it's not very transparent. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they're working on that, maybe getting more videos in there to record those, to make sure we are aware of, you know, votes in committee or discussions in committee. And I think some of it goes on behind closed doors as well. But, but yes, I, I mean, it, and it's, of course, all political. So whoever has the majority in the House or the Senate, you know, they get to pick the people that are on the different committees. Yes. And I am still learning. That is one thing that, um, that's another big thing with LWCC is to know that it's okay to not know everything. Mm-hmm. Because how else are you going to learn as long as you're moving forward and educating ourselves? So we bring in speakers that are our experts mm-hmm. on the topics and um, gain a lot of information that way as well. Fantastic. And you are, after all, too, your organization it, uh, sees the problem and is responding to it. It, it I always say, it, you know, it's a, it's not a good thing to be an amateur, but it's it's all right. It's wonderful to be a beginner. Because beginners have to, everybody has to start somewhere. And if a beginner is is passionate about learning more and doing more and using the knowledge they garner, well, then there you are. That's hard to beat. I love that that your organization, the uh, LWCC, the Liberal Women of Chesterfield County and beyond, are of course including men and including more than Chesterfield County, but you're, you're educating and, and promoting and inspiring people to, uh, to do something that too many Americans don't do, and that is put the remote down, get off the, you know, the sofa, and get out and talk to people, meet people, you know, get on social right. media, um, attend these uh, educational speeches and, and lectures that you're talking about. Yeah, that, that was the very beginning. It was never supposed to be just on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, we are always wanted the let's meet around a table and talk. Yes. And get to know each other and support each other. Yes. So, yes. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing like that eye contact. Okay. Uh, with something other than your smartphone. But uh, <laughs> let's take a break. <laughs> I've been talking to the extremely helpful and inspiring Kim Drew Wright. She's the founder of Liberal Women of Chesterfield County and beyond, and the author of The Strangeness of Men. Uh, We'll be right back. Please stay with us. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. 
One of the producers of today's film told us, As producers, we cannot control the magic. We simply put into place the elements where magic could happen and pray that it does. In the station agent, their prayers were answered. This story is as simple as it is universal. It is a story of the basic human need to connect with community. At the outset, we meet Peter Dinklage as Finbar McBride, a dwarf whose way of dealing with the cruelties of the world is to simply tune them out. Patricia Clarkson enters our story as Olivia, hiding from, rather than confronting, the death of her son. It takes an unlikely hot dog vendor to rebel against this isolation, as he seeks the interaction he needs to survive. He simply cannot accept that there may be people who choose solitude over his ebullient presence. His efforts to form this misfit trio into a mutually supportive society make for great laughs. The station agent is a poignant and richly told comedy. We come to care deeply for this community, and it's painful when we are torn from them by the roll of the credits. That is when we realize that we have experienced greatness. Independent film, where the real stories are told. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices Talk Radio Show. My guest today is Kim Drew Wright. She is the founder of Liberal Women of Chesterfield County, Virginia, and beyond, which includes men. So, men, I hope you're listening to. We need, all need to work together for what we're for. I think is the message that Kim Drew Wright is giving us today. She's also the author of The Strangeness of Men. We'll chat a little about that as well before we go. But right now, back to LWCC. It had a speedy launch right after the election in 2016. And it's more than a political organization, although certainly Kim has gotten LWCC involved with political candidates, as we were discussing in the last segment. But Kim, can you tell us some... With such a rapid growth and development and such a, a massively uh, inclusive mission statement, uh, has it been a roller coaster ride? Give us some of the ups and downs of the, your journey so far. Um, yeah, it actually really has been. I, I think as a personal journey, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster because it is great to see so many motivated, energetic folks. But at the same time, I've had to do things outside of my comfort zone that were just new to me, like speaking in front of a large group of people mm-hmm. and things like that, that, you know, you don't really think about. Uh, it certainly went somewhere I didn't expect it to, because mm-hmm. the initial thought was just to have a small group of people that lived near me so that I felt like I had neighbors and friends that were like-minded, that we could support each other through, you know, have someone to talk to in the next four years. Yes. And that very rapidly changed to, I think we had 90 people at our first meeting back at the end of November. And so that's when the idea of the neighborhood group formed way back then in our first few weeks. Because I always, like I said, wanted to be able for you to sit around a table Mm -hmm. and talk and get out of your house and meet like-minded people. Yes. So, yeah. So it's been, and it was all at once. You know, we we didn't start out with 20 people. We started out with hundreds 
Um, and now we're at about 3,000, I think. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, wow. So it's great, and the enthusiasm mm. is still there a year later, which is awesome, too. Mm. I, I wonder, I think that we have so many different missions, and, and like you said, every year in Virginia, there's other campaigns, and, you know, um, there's something new every year in Virginia. Yes. So I think we always have something for people to look forward to working on, which mm-hmm. is good. But I don't know how, how long we can sustain the strength of energy. Mm-hmm. I, I often question that in my own mind. Well, I would say, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know you well enough to say this, but understand I'm not being flippant. Don't make a problem until it is a problem. It's not a problem. Right. These people, well, that's true. yeah, people, um, you are. Yeah, and that's been, I'm like, I'm going to write this out however long it goes. And I actually think that the people who, quote unquote, woke up, you know, yes. kind of became aware of what was happening in their community. I don't think those people will never um, be unaware again like mm-hmm. they were. I know I won't. Yes. So, so yeah, so I think that it's going to be a permanent entity in our community, I believe, of WCC. Whereas at first, you know, I thought, well, if I can just get through this meeting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like, it's never going to end. Is it? No, it's never going to end. Well, um, I think the whole election, not just Donald Trump, but the entire election last year, it has been the catalyst. Catalyst is great, but it still needs someone to take it and carry it on. And you have been, it sounds like to me, like a magnet. I mean, it, I mean, the way it's growing, everything I hear from people, it just keeps growing and growing. And I, and I think as long as the wrong that took place, I'm not talking just about or even about how many votes Hillary Clinton got as opposed to Donald Trump. I think people, as you say, have had enough. And this is a very positive organization, and they're seeking positive solutions. But I don't think that kind of thing is going to stop. There's passion behind it. Your thoughts? Yes, I agree. And also, you mentioned other things that went wrong in the election. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of um, the fake news mantra. Yes. And to me, that that was really troublesome, too, in that, you know, well, fake news, of course, is not news that you disagree with, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's news that it's actually fake is what the term should literally mean. Yes. So I, I think there's a lot of problems in our society today, just like basic problems. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to, I was in journalism and advertising um, segment of, at UNC, and I can clearly remember <laughs> You talk about things that have changed in your lifetime. Mm. I'm 46, mm-hmm. but um, when I was in college, the professors would say, you know, if you are reporting the news, you report the news. You don't add your opinion. Exactly. And that has changed drastically. Now it's all entertainment and um, opinions, and you can skew a news story any way you like, yes. really. And that is troublesome to me and I think to a lot of people and that it becomes well, what what do you believe what do you listen to what is actually the truth and I feel like that is something that we should not have to fear I mean it's like we all wake up and I just said a novel and I keep thinking that you know like when is the end of this novel 
Yes. Because it's not that great. No, it isn't. Um, and it's repetitious. Every chapter is the same, just different characters. It's just replay yeah. and replay and replay. I, I, um, but we have to do something about it, right? Yes. So we have to hold people accountable, and um, the average citizen has got to be aware, or it, it will just get worse. Yes, yes. I'm reminded, I'm, I'm sad to throw this in, but I'm reminded of, uh, what was it, the day after. I think it was Jason Robarts. His character would uh, come downstairs every morning and turn on the radio, and they'd be talking about things that sound eerily like uh, what's going on between the United States and Russia and, and North Korea, etc. And right. everyone would listen to it, you know, everyone in the family. It was the background, but they were doing their daily routine and going on as though nothing were happening. I listen to the news because I have to. And I think, you know, here we are. It's all there on television and uh, on radio. And it, it takes people like you and organizations like the LWCC to wake up people. Because how, for instance, give us some examples. So I'm not just saying this. You are proof of it. How does the LWCC help people make the changes that you see are necessary at that community level? What what are they doing? How are they boots on the ground? Um, well, I think it's, I mean, the biggest thing for me to, to fight back is it, going to be working with the campaigns, and, and not just the campaigns, but now we realize, like in Chesterfield County, that the Board of Supervisors, that they are all Republicans, except for one, um, one is a Democrat. Mm-hmm. The school board, I believe they are all um, Republicans. And then you have all these advisory committees and um, councils that you can apply for, mm. like hundreds of positions. And so we're getting some members on those. We've gotten a few on um, some other committees. And also, you know, the, the, these local positions like the um, school board and the board of supervisors, I think it's 2019, mm. um, when their seats are up. So I think one of the biggest things, I mean, we have the we have the community efforts, which are wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing is I wanted to get the word liberal out there and yeah. it be associated with something positive. Yes. I think a lot of people, they, they hear the word liberal and they just automatically think um, negative thoughts. And if you see a bunch of women, um, you know, with their LWCC shirts on, um, cleaning up the highway, we, we're adopting a highway, I believe. Ah, <laughs> good, good. Love it. But if you see that or you see them at your school, we've given a ton of um, actually like concessions for a local school to sell um, at their ball games so that they can keep the money and the profits. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you just see, you know, you become, we become normal, like, oh, that's my neighbor. Mm. You know, it doesn't become this abstract or doesn't remain this abstract idea that yes. all liberal people are, you know, crazy or, you know, live somewhere else. No, you know, we're we're in a neighborhood and we're actually a whole lot like everyone else. Yes. You are nailing it. We're neighbors. We have the same needs as as you and desires and goals for the country. I mean, sometimes we disagree on how to get there, but if we sit down around a table and look at one another, have a cup of coffee, you know, talk it out, listen to one another, that's when the real change happens. So 
How, what do you think about it? seems to me it's a clean slate. Not all states. The Commonwealth of Virginia is, is different. But everything is up for grabs uh, this year. How do you feel about that as, a, as an American, as a Virginian, as a voter, that all of a sudden it can all change? And then what? What do we do? As far as the seats, I think it's great because I think it is more of a, an awakening. Like, wait a minute, what is happening? I, mm. I, I think it's sad that so many Americans don't vote. And I, and I yes. think if you ask a Republican that same question, they would probably say, or a moderate Republican, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. they thought it was bad that most people did not vote. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great. I mean, that's how we use our voice, right? We don't have power. We have the power of our vote. Yes. And so I'm really hoping that the Democrats do gain a lot of some of, look, some of these House seats that we have people up for this year. The incumbent hasn't had an opponent in like 20 years. Yes. I mean that's not right. That, mm-hmm. That's that's not how it should be in America, regardless of the underlying political tone. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about these elections. I don't know. I'm of course hoping the outcome is in our favor. And to be honest, if it's not, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll have nightmares. <laughs> well, um, I can understand I, the nightmares. I do, and yeah, I say that seriously. Canada. <laughs> 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 I guess we're in high school on trap. You know, I'm you know, past here for four years. If it all goes even further south, I don't know. But I, you know, I mean, I think just these elections are something. And it's frustrating, you know, to be, you know, we talked about both of us being one of those voters that did not vote every year. And I admit I am, I was one of those. Um, and then to kind of realize, you know, how important they are. And then it kind of turns the table on you. So now I'm very frustrated when I hear someone say, what, their elections this year in Virginia? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, they are, they are. And they're every year. I'm still getting used to it. I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. I spent most of my adult life in New York, but I always loved Virginia, and and am now back in uh, D.C. in Northern Virginia. I wonder. I don't want to leave LWCC completely, and we'll come back. But I am curious about the book you wrote, The Strangeness of Men. What is that about, and what genre, and all that? before the, I got so consumed in politics, <laughs> I was a writer, uh-huh. still a writer. Um, and The Strangest of Men is actually a collection of like literary short stories and prose poems, um, many of which have been published in journals and online. So, and, and it's funny because I went to the James River Writers Conference this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a few panels. <laughs> but it, it reminded me that I... I do need to find some balance that I'm not going to give up the activism and also um, you know writers tend to be activists Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know and I I have written some political poetry as well but I do need to find some more balance with that I love writing I love a good story and I just I need to get back to that part of my creativity and self Mm. I understand. I hear you. Okay. How do we get in touch? That is, uh, website, social media information. How can 
women and men support the liberal women of Chesterfield County and beyond. And I stress the and beyond because your reach is already far and is growing. So how do we do that? What do you need from the listening audience? Website is, did you say that? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's liberalwomenofchesterfieldcounty.com. Yes, of course. Do you have a Facebook page or some other way you, um, you want people to reach out? We do have a Facebook page, but it's very static. Okay. So, really, the best way is to go to the website and you can communicate. You can also, I, I'm Kim Drew Wright, of course. Yes. <laughs> and I'm on Facebook as well. And I have. If someone has more questions and they want to reach me personally, I'm at kimdrewright at gmail.com. Okay. I'd be happy to answer people's questions. Very good. All right, we have to go, but anything you want to leave us with or take away from this conversation, especially? I, I think the main thing is just to be aware of what is happening in your community. I mean, we focus so much on the national level, and that is certainly important, but the, every citizen in Virginia, I mean, one, you should know that there are elections every year and that you should be voting in them. And two, that, you know, there are all these other ways you can get involved from you know, running yourself, you know, for an office, if you feel passionately about it, to just helping on a campaign or even just telling your neighbor, hey, you know, it's really important that we vote this year, November 7th. Yes, this year. November 7th. All right, Tuesday, November 7th is the day to vote. If you have not registered, make certain you do so and uh, take advantage of the privilege you have of voting. We've been talking to Kim Drew Wright and listening to her. She is the founder of Liberal Women of Chesterfield County and beyond, and I membership is free. Thank you so much, Kim Drew Wright, for being on the show today. We wish you and all liberal women everywhere all the very best. Okay? Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. And again, a quick friendly reminder, this conversation with Kim Drew Wright, the founder of LWCC, Liberal Women of Chesterfield County and Beyond, was pre-recorded on Monday, October 16th, three weeks before election night, Tuesday, November 7th, 2017. Thank you for sharing. Stay with us as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. Discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. 
Before John Favreau moved to Hollywood to write, produce, direct, and act in some of the biggest blockbusters of our times, he had deep roots in indie film, beginning with the indie classic Swingers. Chef marks Favreau's return to the indie world, now armed with all the lessons and contacts he picked up in the big leagues. Let's face it, big actors bring a lot to the table, so why wouldn't Favreau bring friends like Sofia Vergara, Dustin Hoffman, Bobby Cannavale, Oliver Platt, and Robert Downing Jr. into his new indie venture? And after all, Hollywood has mastered the art of good storytelling, even if the stories can sometimes be as hollow as an empty suit. But there is nothing hollow here. Carl Casper is a top chef, passionate about food, but prone to neglecting the rest of his life. When a career blow-up bounces him to the bottom, he seeks redemption in the window of a traveling food truck, serving up delicious Cuban sandwiches with his young son and loyal line cook. In Chef, Favreau gets back to the basics, combining the best of his Hollywood experience with his innate indie roots. The result is our favorite laugh-out-loud comedy of the year, a perfectly polished indie with Hollywood DNA. Chef, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Trump. I'm the only one that matters. My father's siblings were often admonished by my grandmama with Sundays are for good news, Mondays for bad. Yet Sunday's news was bloodied by gun violence against Americans asking for hope, seeking peace, and now knocking at heaven's door. However, even in tragedy, we transcend loss with generosity, void with reason, lack with plenty, and political pretense with Teddy Roosevelt's patriotism means to stand by the country. It does not mean to stand by the president. America, like Americans, tends to lose its sense of balance, justice, and human decency when the challenge of President Kennedy's inaugural address and the dream of unity seared in American history by Bobby Kennedy's words in Indianapolis on the night of April 4, 1968, a speaking event turned eulogy for Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., are forgotten. Yet, despite the degrading of our American exceptionalism by those who seek to further divide and conquer us, the avalanche of empowered women has inspired a huge majority to stand together, supporting those targeted for sexual assault, perhaps even replacing polarization with men speaking out in volumes. Russian cyber weapons of mass destruction were our own bullets, accentuating what we've been told to believe by those who profit most from manipulated public opinion, like Madison Avenue, Wall Street, Capitol Hill, social media, and most of all the political ads of any candidate running at any level for anything willing to promise everything for our votes. It started long before 2016, but now fear of a level playing field on steroids guts our democratic republic with desperation blindly following the darkness of Cheney, Karl Rove, Grover Norquist, and other Koch enterprises, like GOP senators aiding and abetting the perforation of our American dream. 
Following November 22, 1963, the hard lines of hardliners began to curdle, and by the 21st century, clotted our objective all-inclusive thinking, paving the way to elect in 2016 an inept precedent colluding with alternative facts. Nonetheless, most of us know 2017, 2018, and 2020 invite us to shake off the dust of racial hate, religious zealots, and Wall Street government collusion. Because the good news is, our strength is found in our hope. Our hope in quality education. Our education in our diversity and gender equality. Our equality in electing more women and millennials and our transformation in embracing the strength of character to overcome our past. Thus far, this young century has been the age of fighting a civilian civil war, when what's needed most is a united persistence for all America promised to be. Let me be clear. I wish Senator Bernie Sanders was President of the United States right now. The fact that he isn't and Trump is, is as much the responsibility of the Democratic National Committee, Rust Belt Democrats, and all who did not heed the gold star warning of Mr. Kazia Khan and Berniecrats voting for unwinnable write-ins as it is the fault of the malice aforethought of evangelical Republicans duped by a Russian-hacked lover of Putin and the hard-right white supremacist Tea Party residue of Bannon's isolationism disguised as America First. Now own it. And for the sake of our children, our economy, our national security, and international respective nations, wake up and vote like we've learned America's most humanitarian life lessons. 1. Eventually, we will elect a Congress not owned by the NRA. Only question is, how many innocents must be shot to death before we do? 2. It is our job to be the ball and chain of truth Trump must endure. 3. I have one of the greatest memories of all time Trump is trumped by an administration chanting, I don't remember. 4. The memory of DNC Chair Donna Brazil may win marathon with Clinton campaign staffers. 5. Without wisdom, Democrats will continue using the club of perfect to beat the good out of winning for a population yearning to breathe free atop a pragmatic liberal FDR and JFK infrastructure providing a renewal platform for Bobby and Bernie. Let's let go of fair-weather Democrats. Let go of bigots pretend patriotism. And yes, let go of Roland Martin versus Obama OFA and embrace the good news that is America. You cannot fool all of the people all of the time, which we proved Election Day, November 7th, 2017. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. 
Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of thereasonablevoice.com website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, The Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.